This is Yep, I Did That with Amanda and Jonna. That confusing voice over there speaking in another language is actually Amanda. It's me, guys. Don't worry. There's not another person here. It's just me. Regular white girl Amanda. Regular New Mexican Amanda. Who happens to be white. Who is white. <laughs> white AF. Um, so uh, I was in Vegas this weekend. Yeah. And um, my uh, her friend Logan, who we were with her sister or his sister, um, we went to the pool and she was like, I don't want you to take this badly, but I really appreciate that you're as white as me. And I was like, that's I, right. I am. I'm a ghost. Thanks. I was looking back through pictures to post on um, like our Instagram stories today. And there's pictures from your birthday party. Mm-hmm. And they're like not good enough to post because it's like we're just right next to the hot tub and my yes. hair is all crazy. But I'm it's insane the difference of our skin color there i must have like i probably like regressed in my tan already i'm getting my winter skin back no you're still pretty tan it was <laughs> insane it was like a chocolate and vanilla swirl that's oh, us that's us like a frozen yogurt at not Costco. even close but it's more <laughs> like um salted caramel and vanilla there swirl. you go <laughs> correct <laughs> better um so I have so much to talk about about Vegas, but do you have anything to talk about? Uh, well, if you were wondering, I'm Jonna. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Jonna. <laughs> I never said that's me. Um, and no, I don't have a ton to talk. I guess I do. I should do my tuberculosis update right yes. now. Yes. If you listen to last week, you'll find out that I tested barely positive for tuberculosis and I retested barely positive <laughs> for tuberculosis. So the saga continues. <laughs> I'm going to get a chest x-ray to prove I don't have tuberculosis. But now I've dove into a uh, ocean of tuberculosis internet yes. reading. Um, and I've self-diagnosed myself with which, latent tuberculosis. Yes, which we um, have decided that Jonna no longer is allowed to do this. Yeah, Amanda's going to be researching because yes. I'm was hyperventilating, but I'm okay now because I had a rosé. And I yeah. have my second rosé. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm still sitting in the room with her. Yeah. So, guys, she doesn't have tuberculosis. I'm not, I'm not a leper. That's what we talked about today. <laughs> you don't have to hide from me. You don't have to hide from me. Um, I have been <sighs> to a leprosy camp. You're definitely not. You have? Not one of those. Yeah. In India. For some reason, in my mind, they're completely eradicated. It's not. No. It's real. It's real. Well, I definitely don't have leprosy. You definitely don't have leprosy. I do potentially have latent tuberculosis, which means that it's lying dormant in my blood Mm -hmm. and not contagious, just so you all know. (laughs) But uh, like, there's like a 5% chance at some point in my life it could become active if I get really sick and my immune system's down. So there's a solid chance that I'll be having to take medicine for it for six to nine months, which we'll be documenting because guys, <sighs> so I'll keep you all posted on my tuberculosis, Jonna's tuberculosis, be like, tuberculosis saga, tuberculosis. Uh, Jonna's, yep, I did that. It's just gonna be like, I have tuberculosis. <laughs> yep. I did that. I got tuberculosis. Yep. I got TB. <laughs> 
I have latent consumption. Aaron was like, well, what if you just had it and you didn't know? It's like, you know if you have tuberculosis. <laughs> There's movies of people literally coughing their lungs out. There's like blood everywhere. It's a mess. You don't just not know you have tuberculosis. You, just, you don't not know. I know that a ton of people, though, like I used to listen to this radio show in Austin um, and they're in Nashville now, but that one of the guys on there had TB and it just was dormant though. Like it was it's what I have. Been. It's just like he had to get on like antibiotics and yeah. stuff, but it's like you always kind of have TB. Yeah. That's basically so, what it said is like, if you have latent TB, you're always going to test positive yeah. for TB. So like, or if you've been exposed to it, like you should never get a skin test because that can like activate it, I guess. Ooh. But I just got a blood test. Thank goodness. So. Yeah. Oh, thank and you. I don't know where or why, unless somehow in like middle school, I was exposed to it when I went to Cambodia or Vietnam. But that's like the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing that makes sense. Unless Los Angeles did this to me, which let's be real. Los Angeles has done a lot of things to me. So <laughs> it probably it's gave made, me tuberculosis. It's too. made you this hard shell of a woman. <laughs> and then it's given you TB. Hashtag wrecked by life. Hashtag wrecked by life. <laughs> I have tuberculosis. Latent. <gasps> That's going to be the next t-shirt idea. Which, by the way, guys. I have tuberculosis. <laughs> I will have tuberculosis. be something that nobody wears ever. <laughs> Hashtag I have tuberculosis. Hashtag I Hashtag have tuberculosis TB. awareness. <laughs> Nobody wants that shirt. Hashtag F U tuberculosis. Yes. So I'm waiting for my ribbon color. <laughs> like what color is tuberculosis? We need Caitlin. Um tuberculosis, I'm gonna give you the ribbon color of It's gotta be a swirl pearl. Yeah. No. I'm sure every ribbon color is already taken. Tuberculosis, the ribbon for iridescence. Yeah. It's like a real thing in other countries. It's for sure a real thing. But in the U.S., it's not a real thing, which no. is why all of my doctors are like, what the So F? baffled by you. Yes. So we'll see. I'm going to attempt to do a lot more testing because I just want to make sure that there's not something else going on. But yeah. that's my update for you all. If you were curious, I still have tuberculosis, <laughs> according to my blood. So, well... To be posted. To be continued. continued. So let's hear all about Vegas because you're living your best life. I lived my best life this weekend, guys. Um, Kyle and I were invited to go to Vegas for uh, the guy who he plays for, Logan's birthday. And we went to J-Lo, which is my all-time favorite. How was that? It was okay. That was good. (laughs) Um... Okay, so I'm not a huge J-Lo fan, but it was fun. Um, She obviously loves dancing, and so there were amazing dancers. There was a ton of dancing on stage. Um, She was on it, like, sometimes, but there was lots of dancing in between. Um, So you liked that? Yeah, I loved it. I watched all the dancers the whole time. Um, And then uh, we left during the show. Amanda is, like, super petty about J-Lo because of her style choices. And I don't like her as an actress. I think she's not great. I freaking love Made in Manhattan. You would. Yeah. And is she in two weeks notice? No, that is Sandra Bullock. Oh, who's the one? What to expect? She's in what to expect. No? I don't know. I think that's Cameron Diaz. She might be in it too, but. She's in some pregnant She's probably in what to expect. And it's really good. Um, anywho, I have a lot of irrational hate towards Jennifer Lopez, which I'm not going to get into because I'm mm-hmm. talking about my best life, Vegas. A lot of people are going to be angry about that. Just so you know, 
I'm Team Jenny from the Walk. So I did remember how much how many songs <laughs> I do love of hers though, like that Jaw Rule song. I'm Is real because that- I'm real. Exactly. I decided that we can sing as many songs as we want because it's basically just a cover. Um, but I think you have to pay the like nine cents. Yeah, the licensing or whatever to sing it. I think so. Like on a podcast. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. You can yap over know. that if that's real. I don't know if it's I'm real or not. Real. <laughs> If that's real. <laughs> uh, that, I think, is fine because it's not the real lyrics. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we went to JLo. We left, like, halfway through the show. And then... Um, really? Yes, because they got a table at Intrigue. Ooh. So we had table service. and we, Intrigue. Intrigue. And intrigue. we took a party bus there. It was super fun. Why do I imagine the scene from Step Brothers when they are, like, <clears throat> is it worldwide... Entertainment. Oh, yeah. What is that? And uh, they like echo yes. eat themselves. Yes. When you say club intrigue or whatever. Yes. Um, it was super fun though. Like Kyle and I pretended like we were young and free and not parents. <laughs> and uh I drank so much champagne and I took a shot of tequila. It was great. It was great. Um but then we went we left at like one thirty, so it wasn't like we had a crazy night. Because we went home to Ellis. He was with us, um, being watched by family. Friends. So. So then you had to get back to real life. Then we went back to real life and then we woke up and we went and hung out at the pool and it was super fun. And then we drove back that night. Um, but it was a great little getaway. We hadn't been out of L.A. to just like go do fun stuff in I don't even know how long. So. It was fun. It was great. Um, I had a blasty blast and um, everyone loved Ellis and it was really just like awesome to, I don't think I ever understood whenever you would tell me like how great it was to like see other people love your child. Yeah. And then like this weekend it was like strangers and it's because they love Kyle, they love us and they like love Ellis, you know, where it's like they love Kyle so much that they're like, we are going to embrace your family and we're going to like care for your kid and watching people who we just met. Yeah. Like, follow Ellis around and take him places and want to hold him and like just so sweet. love so sweet on him and so it was it was great and encouraging because Kyle hasn't been in the best like job places in the past and so it was really great <laughs> anyways, anyways <laughs> um I also just remembered that this is the podcast called yep I did that yes if you're new here um, maybe a fan of Caitlin's from last week. Yes, welcome. Yes, welcome to the Yep Club. Yeah. Where we talk about all sorts of health and wellness things that are floating around the internet, maybe that are just trending, things you've heard and thought, maybe I should try that. And we talk about why or why not you shouldn't. I exactly. try them and Amanda is the science behind why it works or doesn't work. And mm-hmm. sometimes we're actually okay with it not having any science backing it up. Exactly. Mainly I am. You. <laughs> You're very okay with that. And I'm like, why, science, why? Yes. And I'm just like, if 12 people said it worked for them, I'm going to try it. it's pretty much true that we should all live by. Exactly. <laughs> and today, we are diving into... Mm. Oh, do you have something new? Ooh. We have one more thing. What? We have merch. <gasps> Yay! Yes, we have a Yep, I Did That t-shirt. 
Yes. And the lucky winner of this week's giveaway is getting one. And yes. hopefully, if you guys would like to order one, it's going to be available. That will be available really soon. Yeah. They're super cute. They're and super cute. I've been saying, like, yep, I did that is such a fun thing to be wearing because, like, let's face it, we definitely did that. We've all done stuff for <laughs> sure. Whatever they're thinking, we probably did that. Exactly. So, um, and then there's going to be a couple or at least one other shirt coming soon, too, that you guys will be able to pre-order. But this one will be available and will be able to ship to you as soon as you want it. Yeah. And maybe it's, I'll just do this plug now. Subscribe to this podcast. Yes. You subscribing helps keep us going. Yeah. And more awesome shirts to come. Exactly. And maybe other stuff. You really got to get excited about it and keep us going so you guys can have cool crap. Exactly. And like we're really into style and fashion. And we're really awesome. <laughs> and like good branding. So you could be wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Guys, I am incredibly artistic. I just learned this tonight. Um, and so we're really good at everything that we do. We should probably tell that story really fast, actually. You can tell that story. Amanda took this picture that actually was really artsy, like very Instagram um, of this roof. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. There's it colors and shapes. Yeah. And she was like trying to explain how awesome she was talking to me. And she just ran straight <laughs> into a door in the dark with her face. And it was amazing. It cut her off. It cut me off. God was like, you're not that cool. I'm going to humble <laughs> I'm gonna you go right ahead and humble now. You right Because <laughs> you need to take a few steps down. Yes. Um, cool. And on that note. Yes. We. I'm like playing with my necklace so you much. You are. Aaron's going to hate you. I know. It's just, if you hear this, it's because my hands are really antsy right now. It's like Talladega Nights It's because your TB's acting up. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my TB's acting up. Okay. It's giving me restless hand syndrome. Um. <laughs> is that a thing? I'm sorry restless, if you have that. Whatever leg syndrome. It's my hands. Uh, ADHD causes restless hand syndrome. Maybe rosé and tuberculosis combined. <laughs> I don't know. So jittery. Now. <sighs> okay, but yes. guys, we're talking about gluten. We're talking about gluten, specifically gluten-free diets. Gluten-free diets. It is all the rage right now. Yeah, it is. It has been for a couple years. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just going to talk about like why. Why be yeah. gluten-free? Why don't be gluten-free? Why do people care about this? Why should you care about it or not care about it? Um, yes. All of those things. We're diving yes. in. Diving in. If you haven't watched the Jimmy Kimmel, uh, like, little bit, whenever gluten-free got, like, super big, I think it was, like, two years ago or three mm -hmm. years ago that he did this. They went to Griffith Park. If you guys haven't been to L.A., there's a hiking trail that goes up to the observatory that everyone does. Like, that's Runyon, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just said, yeah. Guys, I don't know. I don't think that's Runyon. We live here, but we're not outdoorsy. We're outdoorsy I, in the sense that we drink beer I live here. I've actually done that hike. I haven't done that But one. I don't know what that one's called. And that's the only hike I've that's done since hilarious. living here. Um, but they went to this, like, hiking spot where there's a ton of people and just asked people, like, "Are you? do you eat gluten? Are you gluten-free? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, what is gluten? And no one could answer. I what only it remember was. someone being like, rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's bread. It's bread. Um, I, and I, I vividly remember one girl being like, um, it's just, it's this thing that like I've chosen to like not have in my life because it makes you fat. And I'm really trying to live like a healthy, 
lifestyle of eating clean and being thin. Yeah. A lot of people cut gluten out just for weight loss. Yes. Um, an article I read, it was like it started out being like Miley Cyrus like ha- like tweeted out that her gluten-free, uh, dairy-free diet made her lose a ton of weight. And I was like, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. She was like, I have a sensitivity to it, but I lost all this weight on it and blah, blah, blah. And that's like the, the stepping stone of people <sighs> being like, oh, that's what I'm going to do now whenever you maybe you don't need to. Right. So annoying. But... Yeah. I have a little history on the gluten-free diet. Yay. Yay. We're excited. Okay. So this is from a CNN article. um, And the history of gluten-free diets is started in the 1940s. And it actually was during World War II whenever there wasn't a lot of fruit and vegetables or wheat products available. Um, Children in Europe, um, specifically like within like Austria, because this was a Dutch doctor that kind of like found it or not Austria in like the Netherlands area Uh um they found that children who had celiac disease because celiac had been known for a long time all of their symptoms got better whenever the war happened and all that stuff was sparse and so whenever that time was happening to bread was being made with potato starch because wheat wasn't available Uh. and so most kids were becoming malnourished and these kids were flourishing Mm. in the sense that they were actually not sick, sick. And so, um, it was a Dr. William Carol (laughs) Dickey, um, (laughs) noticed that, uh, noticed this at the time and he was a Dutch doctor. And at that time, 30% mortality rate was associated with celiac disease. And all these kids were like flourishing and being fine. That is so and crazy. so that's huge. Whenever yeah. you're seeing like 30% of the children with this dying. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, what's happening? Um, and so then they found that, um, that was linked to gluten and the, this, this, this doctor published a paper in 1941 uh, that linked gluten to bloating, diarrhea, constipation, gas, stomach pain, nausea, etc. Um, and in the 1970s, they discovered, because up until the 1970s, they just thought that it was an allergy to the gluten. Um, and that's what was causing celiac disease. And in 1970, they discovered that celiac disease was actually an autoimmune disorder mm-hmm. versus an allergy. And then in the 1980s, this was the first time that it was published non-celiac gluten sensitivity was brought into the medical world. Um, it's also at this point they were saying that they don't know if it's specifically gluten that was causing people to have these sensitivities, but it was wheat products. So it got the umbrella term non-celiac gluten sensitivity mm-hmm. since gluten was what was causing the issues for celiac. Right. Um, And then in the 1990s, celiac disease began being diagnosed more. At this time, a doctor came over from Austria. um, And in that, like Europe, celiac disease was really prevalent and people were being diagnosed often. And then whenever you came over, they were like, yeah, we don't have celiac disease here. And people, he was like, really? That's interesting to me. Why? And then he right. started kind of like asking questions and then like seeing patients and seeing, and this was predominantly all in kids, celiac disease was versus like adults. And so he was like, you're not going to see a ton of kids with celiac disease here. And then the like basically a quote where it's like, 
if you start looking for it, you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. And that's whenever celiac disease started to be diagnosed more often because people were actually looking for it and seeing that that's something that could be diagnosed Mm -hmm. um, and getting a diagnosis for that. Um, And then in the 2000s, this is whenever an article published by that same Austrian doctor that 1% of Americans or one in 133 Americans have celiac disease. Um, the relationship That's kind of a lot. I mean, it's a pretty small amount, but it's a big amount One of in people. every 133? One in 133 that Americans. That seems like a lot to me. It breaks down to only like 1% of the population. So whenever you're thinking about it in the sense of like big diseases, like heart disease or right. things like that, it's a small one that doesn't affect as much of the population. But it is more common whenever you're looking at it in the like smaller realm where it's like this shouldn't be something that you just ignore. Right. But it's not as like prominent as diabetes whenever you're thinking autoimmune. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but for sure it's a lot of people. Um, And then the relationship between gluten and other autoimmune diseases um, was found. And then... In And those uh, other autoimmune dis- disorders could be like schizophrenia, which we've talked about before, diabetes, um, a ton of other ones. But this is whenever people actually started looking at how gluten could be a root cause for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just this one autoimmune disorder. What if this is affecting all the autoimmune disorders? Right. And it could be a root issue. Um, and then 2010s, 2013 was whenever gluten-free diet became very popular. So the gluten-free food industry was at $10.5 billion. Wow. Wait for it. It's so annoying. No, not wait for it. I don't have any more information. Like another thing said that it was projecting 2020 to have like $7.59 billion. And I'm like, that's less than what it was. And it's I feel not like it's going growing. Down. No, yeah. it's not going down. So I was like, whatever I wrote from that one, you dumb. That's not true. Um, in 2009 to 2010, 52% of people ate a gluten-free diet. And in 2014, um, or 0.52% of people ate a gluten-free diet. And then in 2014, 1.69% of people. And so that um, equaled to a 72% um, increase. increase. Or t- 72% of people... Um, were eating a gluten-free diet that weren't diagnosed. And so that was actually a tripling of the amount of people from 2009. So interesting. Yeah. Um, And then in 2017, this I found super interesting because I don't think I had heard this. um, A study was published that in this study group, 7,471 people were looked at and 73 of them were actually tested high in arsenic and mercury on a gluten-free huh. diet because they consumed a lot more rice and rice absorbs everything. And so it was absorbing the arsenic and the mercury that was in the soil. That is amazing. Right? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I'm trying to think. I don't feel like I ate a lot more rice, but then you do think that a lot of the products that you mm-hmm. get are rice-based. Yeah. So rice, maybe. like crackers, yeah. rice tortillas, or anything made with rice flour. Yeah. And so it's all like that a potential sense. increase risk. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, and then just some other quick things was that um, one in, 
133 Americans, we talked about that. 83% um, are thought to be undiagnosed or misdiagnosed for celiac disease. 6% or 6 in every 1,000 people uh, are gluten sensitive. And some researchers researchers say that's closer to 10. And I read another guy thinks that it's closer to like 50% of the population I saw are that gluten article. sensitive. Um, and so I think it's just like we're going to talk about it. It's all just about the perception of the researcher and what right. their kind of like biases are mm-hmm. um, for that. And then um, in 2017, 3.1 million people across the U.S. follow a gluten-free diet. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. I mean, if you're thinking about it, that only um, like one percent of the American of American population are celiac, and then yeah, uh, there's three million of them that are following a gluten-free diet. You're just kind of like, cool. Is this just a trend? Or are you actually gluten sensitive? That's and so do any of those statistics just make you be like, oh, what? I didn't know. <laughs> well, it makes sense to me, all those statistics yeah. based on the trends of the world yes. and the internet and the circles around me. Yes. Um, using a gluten-free diet for weight loss is interesting to me. So annoying to me. Um, mainly because if you have unhealthy eating habits while you're eating gluten, you're most likely going to still have unhealthy eating habits on a gluten-free diet. Yes. So there's a, a lot of the gluten-free food you're going to find in like a grocery store is mm-hmm. actually way worse for you yes. than just like making yourself a sandwich. Exactly. Because there's so many terrible ingredients in it. So I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's gluten-free. That means it's healthy. But gluten-free doesn't equate with healthy exactly that's like whenever i admitted that i thought organic meant like just you could eat whatever much of it however much you wanted which is not true i thought organic ice cream i could eat (laughs) i can eat as many gallons as i I can eat this entire thing and i'm fine because it's organic yeah so i think that's interesting people i mean when i went gluten-free i did lose some weight i like quickly yeah um but I wasn't just going gluten-free. So you were also restricting a ton of stuff at that I went point. like sugar-free, gluten-free, yeah. alcohol-free. Yeah. Everything free. So yes. I was basically just eating meat and vegetables and then like quinoa. Yeah. Which we're going and to lentils. go into all that. <laughs> and lentils. And lentils. Um, and corn. I did eat corn. I'm not a fan of corn. I don't know why. I, a lot of people have sensitivities, sensitivities to corn. to it. Um, I just kind of like I think of it as a trash vegetable, you know. Like I don't I think of it I as eat like it I eat, it's around because <laughs> you want a corn tortilla. Well, because that's gluten free. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so on that, since we did talk about how so many people don't know what gluten is, and before we get into why people would even go into this gluten free diet, let's talk about what gluten is. Yes, gluten is a protein. That is found in grains um, such as wheat, barley, rice, rye, and spelt. Rice Those is are not one of main, them. She meant rye. Rice. Rye. <laughs> R-Y-E. Rye. Um, yeah. Wheat, barley, rye, and spelt. And then um, within that group, there's more that are wheat berries, um, emmer, semolina, farina, farro, MSG, our favorite little yeah. seasoning, soy <laughs> sauce, lecithin, um, modified food starch, and then some medicines and vitamins because of the fillers. Um, but 
what gluten's actual purpose is, because I don't think people even know if you say it's like a protein, whenever you're making bread or you're making a dough, the thing that makes it elastic, that's the gluten. So you need gluten to be there to have like a good dough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then whenever you bake it too, if you over mix it, that's like you're making the gluten work too much. So then it becomes a harder bread. Or if you don't do it enough, the gluten hasn't been able to like form as much. So it's not as much la- elasticity of your dough. I learned that from Paul Hollywood and the great British. Oh, yes. Show. <laughs> you need to proof it. You got to proof that. Mm-hmm. Don't over mix it. Don't over mix it. You do just make that overdevelop that gluten. Don't overmix it. Don't, uh, I mean, I can't even. Like, I hear him and I see his beautiful blue eyes in my fa- in my head, but I cannot do his voice. I can't either. That was my <laughs> That attempt. was your one attempt to do the uh, British accent. And it was rough. I don't even think you really tried. You, like, whispered it. You're like... I wasn't, I wasn't very proud of it. You were nervous. Continue. <laughs> um... Did you just snort? Oh, that's amazing. I was thinking, like, of course, like, one and a half rosés in, and I'm doing accents. <laughs> Drink the other half. Drink uh, the other half. Okay. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, so gluten is an important role in baking, and so you need it. Um, it's not a, like, horrible, oh, gosh, I love this. Sorry. You're good. Continue. No, you're good. <sighs> I love that you snorted. It really makes my heart happy. I've had a hard day, okay? I got another positive tuberculosis. Jonna gets a pass for everything now. Because if, like, you do something and like, the best is if, like, someone gets mad at you, like, driving, you should just pull over and be like, I have tuberculosis. (laughs) (laughs) I have latent consumption. No, you don't even need to say that. You just have to get out of your car and scream, I have tuberculosis, (laughs) and get back in your car and drive. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Sorry, It will be amazing. Um, tuberculosis is way more fun to talk about than gluten, for oh, sure. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so gluten is in everything um, that has actually some benefits. So it's found in things that are very fibrous and um, whole grains. And whenever we talk about whole grains and fiber, those are things that are going to be very good for your heart. They've been shown to keep you full longer, so it's actually going to be beneficial for your weight. And it used to um, be like the pillar of our pyramid. It used to be the pillar of the pyramid. Whenever we did have the pyramid, it was the base, mm-hmm. our whole grains. And whenever we were doing percentages, you would want to get 65% of your diet coming from gluten. Not basically. gluten, but carbohydrates. Okay. Which... Then most people didn't think vegetables as carbohydrates at that point. So whenever you go back to childhood food pyramid, it was for sure bread and pasta and cereal for the whole grains. Because whole grains have been shown to be incredibly healthy and heart healthy, beneficial for like... Diabetes, even also, for the fiber. They're fortified with vitamins. Fortified with vitamins. A lot of people get their B vitamins. Well, from that. actually, whenever you're getting um, a whole grain, you're actually not fortifying as much into it because you're not losing it. So, whenever you bleach a flour or you get like white bread, mm-hmm. it's actually taking that bran and removing all of the color. All of the color is the vitamins and minerals and the fiber. And so once like that gets removed, you get that white flour. That's whenever they have to fortify things back in. Ah. So whenever you're eating a whole grain, 
you're actually getting the actual real vitamin. actual vitamins and minerals that are in it. And then some of it might have been added back in just to make sure it's there. But you're not getting as fortified as like a white bread. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the benefits have are there. And so that's why people, I think, um, are always like, it's fine. Like the, encouraging people to eat gluten and eat whole grains and... Some people can tolerate it. And then the things mm-hmm. that have been associated negatively with gluten are things that we've already talked about is a minute ago is gas, bloating, brain fog, constipation, diarrhea, nausea. I mean, the mm-hmm. list goes on and then things have been added to that, like headaches, infertility, yeah. um, anything A couple and of autoimmune diseases yeah. other than celiacs. Yeah, I mean, like, they IBS. still think... IBS, IBD, Crohn's disease, um, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. autism, like a lot of the things think that it could still be rooted in gluten sensitivity. In gluten sensitivity. Which is crazy. Yeah. So it makes sense why people are trying to cut it at least. Yes. It, um, whenever you're thinking about it in the sense of just the like autoimmune world it makes complete sense right and then i think whenever other people get into it outside of like the weight loss thing it makes sense whenever you're thinking about our like food supply right which is the big issue with most of like the gluten so um have you read any of like the books that are out for like wheat belly or no any of those things um I mean, it's a, a lot of people for a while, well, especially within the, like the last five years for sure, mm-hmm. have been really honing in on wheat mm-hmm. being the reason why we have everything wrong with us. Right. Like it's not, and I don't think that they even want to go into other ideas. It's mainly just like, well, gluten and wheat are the culprit because of these reasons. And these reasons make sense. Whenever you you're looking at it just from the scope of gluten there. Well, no, their perspective. Right. It's like, okay, so like in wheat belly, he's talking about um, wheat grown in the United States versus wheat grown in Europe. And how we talked about um, in the past episode about like genetically modified foods. It's like Mm -hmm. they were told that these shorter stocks would produce more. And um, it's blended with different varieties of wheat that we usually weren't being exposed to. Right. And so it's kind of like, is it the wheat being grown like this? Right. That we can't tolerate it? Or is it other things that are in wheat? And I think that that's where we're going to have a big conversation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Should we dive into that now? Yeah. Unless you have other stuff just about the basics of gluten. Nah. I'm not scientist enough for a lot of the basics of gluten. Um, <laughs> what do you want to know about gluten? Are there any questions that you have about gluten? Like just the basics of them? Um, not really. Let's maybe just for our listeners, like what would be a couple more of like the beneficial things of like why we we do maybe need gluten in our diets? It's not per se like gluten, but for sure, like the whole grains, mm-hmm. um, they have a ton of fiber in them and Americans already in general don't get enough fiber. Um, 35 grams are the recommended recommendation for men and 25 grams for women. And most men and women get like five grams. Maybe mm-hmm. fiber is associated with lowering your cholesterol, 
um, helping your heart health, keeping you full. So whenever you eat fiber, um, it actually like helps you keep that like stomach feeling full. And then it slows that gastric emptying that we talked about in the alcohol episode. And so it slows the amount of food that's exiting your stomach. So you feel full longer. Right. Um, and then it also has a ton of vitamins and minerals in the whole grains that have been associated with um, just. I mean, wheat has been like a staple of human diet. Yeah. Forever. I mean, some paleo people would beg to differ. Yes. But according to our history that we know. Yeah. It's been kind of like a staple forever. Yeah. I mean, I, what I know. Sure. Yeah. Um. So it's probably at least in its heart not a bad thing for us. Yeah. No. And in like even whole grains too. Like whenever you're thinking about diabetes, you always think carbohydrates are bad, but actually mm-hmm. whole grains decrease your blood glucose levels, so it helps regulate your insulin and regulates your glucose levels. And so there's there's a ton of studies that have been looked at and for it's whole also grains. delicious it's also freaking <laughs> delicious yes my son today kyle like was distracted filling out this thing for um this company soul connect that we're mm-hmm. a part of and he was like answering some questions and so he wasn't paying attention and then he was like it got very quiet and Ellis had gotten into the trash can because he's a freaking trash panda. He is. And he pulled out two pieces of bread from like the hamburgers that Kyle made last night. And I <laughs> threw away like a bun that was extra because yeah. I didn't use it. And he was just eating it, double fisting bread into oh, his yeah. mouth. As fast as he can. Oh, yeah, because he, gets he never gets bread. <laughs> I never give him bread. Not because I don't think I, not that I want it, don't want him to have it. But I'm just like, I give it to him whenever it's around, but I would prefer him to fill up. With veggies. On veggies. Yeah. For his carbohydrates. So. Okay. Well, with that, let's talk a little bit about um, this idea of gluten being different depending on where you're at in the world. So I don't know if you guys are the same as me, but I have a few friends that have said that they're like super sensitive and react to gluten in America or the U.S. in particular, but... If they go to Europe, like Italy, um, other places in Europe, they can eat as much gluten as they want and feel no different. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of amazing. Super amazing. So did you look into this at all? No, I just know anecdotally. So this is on me. (laughs) Anecdotally. Anecdotally. (laughs) Okay. So here's what I'm seeing as some of the potential reasons that someone might feel that way. First off, if you have celiacs, then no matter where you at, you cannot have gluten. Yeah. No matter where you at. No matter where you at. <laughs> cannot talk. Um, so there's a couple like hypotheses. Hypothesis. Hypotheses. Hypotheses about why um, you'd be able to have it abroad versus here. Um, wheat actually has higher gluten content in the United States than Europe, which mm-hmm. is amazing to me. In the United States, our wheat has like 15% gluten. And in Europe, it's 10%. Uh-huh. So maybe just that like less 10%. I've also heard um, or read that our gluten is 
was basically bred to be stronger and withstand more, like which we, we yeah. kind of talked about in the genetically modified. Yeah, episode. and that was like with the shorter stalks, right? So maybe our bodies haven't caught up to that yet. That's what a lot of like the hypotheses are for, like especially Wheat Belly. If you've read that book, uh-huh. that he talks about, where it's like our bodies just don't know this, right? So maybe in, like I've, I read a couple articles that were like two hundred years from now. People might yeah. be fine, but right now our bodies haven't adapted to this new, really strong, hard yeah. wheat that we have. Um, our wheat in the U.S. is really soaked usually in pesticides, mm-hmm. which um, are the heart of the whole conversation we had on GMOs, Roundup. Um, yeah. It's the glyphosate. So, so yes. Um but that has been shown to potentially lead to like inflammatory diseases, cancers, um, potential gluten sensitivity because it's a poison. Um, in Europe, it's got way more restrictions on it. So uh-huh. the wheat you're getting is probably not um, doused in Roundup. Yeah. But the wheat we're getting for the most part is. This one I found really interesting. So they cook with buttermilk in Europe a lot more than we do. Uh-huh. So like in a lot of European bread recipes, they call for buttermilk. <coughs> you know that? Oh, sorry, that was me, not Jonna. <laughs> Every time we have an episode, you like have this gnarly <laughs> cough and everyone thinks it's t- the tuberculosis. Everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, is Jonna dying from tuberculosis and a man is just no. covering for her? No. Um, what was I saying? I don't know. I'm talking about cooking with buttermilk. Oh, I was about to say, I think it's probably the reason why I, I bet that like older generations probably did cook with buttermilk mm-hmm. a lot. And then whenever the low fat trend mm-hmm. happened, I'm positive that that's probably a lot of the shift mm-hmm. of why I honestly believe that this is probably where a lot of the shift happened for our health issues was the was low fat, the diet. low fat diet. Um, just because it effed our products that people right. were buying or how they were making things um, so much. Yeah. And so I definitely think that like they were probably not getting the best sources of fat at that time. Like lard was still like the main yeah. thing. But for sure, it probably altered how people were baking because mm-hmm. then it was all margarine or it was... No buttermilk. N- no buttermilk. Which... Have you ever had a buttermilk scone? A buttermilk biscuit is like one of my favorite things. I've never had a buttermilk donut. What's that plate? That awesome. Is it donut friend? Don't know. Donut. Donut Donut hut. Donut hut in Burbank. In Burbank. Yeah. It's so freaking good. If you ever Mm. go, it's cash only. So bring cash. Um, They have a buttermilk donut. That's amazing. Side note. Do you think all the businesses that are like these little like things that are all cash? Like, if I did that, I would never report anything because I hate the IRS so much. <laughs> I believe they're good people. I believe they're good people, too. Their business has been around for... Ever. Ever. So I'm positive that they definitely pay their taxes. Okay, but Amanda, <laughs> good thing she doesn't have an all-cash business. Or do I? Oh, I don't. Oh, gosh. I report That's getting everything. over for sure. I report everything. Um... So they cook with buttermilk in Europe a lot more, and that introduces lactic acid bacteria, mm-hmm. um, which ferments into um, it ferments the lactose into lactic acid. That's what mm-hmm. it says. Lactic acid breaks down the gluten protein, rendering the gluten content in the bread lower. 
um, than it might with other ingredients. This is the same reason gluten-sensitive individuals can often consume sourdough bread without a problem. That makes sense. Because of the extra whatever bacteria is mm-hmm. in the milk. So those are a couple hypotheses about why you could eat bread in Europe. Yeah, I mean, here. literally anyone you talk to that has issues eating here, anytime they go to Europe, they're like... It's amazing. I could eat all the pasta except for one of my, uh, like, she's about to be a client. She felt worse whenever she came back. She probably ate all the pasta. She ate all the pasta. She ate all the meat, all the, like, cheese, like, that she could just because she was embracing. But I I think she was more in, like, Paris and stuff. So a lot of baguettes. Yeah. Um, Not, like, fresh pasta, you know? Right. Um, And so she felt worse. She's the only person, though, that I've, like, actively heard say that she felt worse coming back then i mean she probably also was just she's eating a clean diet and then she went there and was like i'm gonna just eat only bread uh for sure she probably ate more than she would have but i think she was doing okay but yeah i mean we're we're working because stuff is going on so right Right. yeah so that might be like a little tidbit of that so we should all just move to europe (sighs) basically Italy, here we come. Italy! <laughs> um, one time, side note, I went to Europe whenever I was 15, and definitely, I just have it, like, in my brain, and I know that this isn't true all of the time, but uh, we went to a discotheque in Venice. Yeah. And I just remember how, like, even outside of the discotheque, like, we just had to be warned about all the, like, men just, like, just... Touching. Touching you or like <laughs> actively saying things to you or like at the discotheque grinding on you like older men. Ooh. And so I always just think of that as Italy. So I'm like Italians. Um, I'm married to one. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, hey, but if you're married to one, I feel like that's why whenever you're like, we don't have a good like this high libido. I was like, you have a pl- plenty fine libido. <laughs> um no, but uh, I always just think that. And so I'm always like, I don't think I'd want to go to Italy, but I would totally go everywhere else in Europe. Well, I would Ooh. like to live in Italy. Italy's we'll beautiful. One day. Yeah. So it could be the fact that it's gluten mm-hmm. and like how the wheat is being grown. But like what um, they found in which I'm, I think it's incredibly interesting that it was actually the 1970s that this in this idea first came about where it's like. Is it the gluten or is it something else? Because it just got this umbrella title of it being like, okay, so we know for sure gluten affects celiac. And then let's just call this undiagnosed gluten sensitivity. sensitivity. Um, And then because we don't know, but it's just kind of kept that title. Mm -hmm. And so no one has really, first of all, a lot of people are still not recognizing gluten sensitivity because there's not enough research but there's also a whole idea that it's like is it gluten or is it other things that are causing people Mm -hmm. to be having these reactions because I was telling Jonna um, that I have never had an issue with gluten never Mm -hmm. I eat as much bread as I want never bloat nothing but because of Jonna going gluten-free, Savannah's gluten-free, and just, like, a lot of our rosebuds have had, like, kind of dietary restrictions. We all kind of shifted to be a little bit more gluten-free. 
Yeah. And so I just stopped buying some of the things that I was buying previously. Yeah. And so I just have been buying more gluten free options. So I always have them at the house. And then we go to this Mediterranean restaurant all the time here. And I one night ate pita and I hadn't had the pita in so long. And I looked four months pregnant. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I would say I have the same experience. I've been eating gluten. I'm like not gluten free anymore. Yeah. I'd say I'm like 80% gluten free. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I do eat it, I notice I feel sluggish or... And I don't know if that's just because my body doesn't know how to process it anymore. Yeah. Because I cut it out for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think how long I cut it out. <sighs> Probably like eight months. Yeah. Which is a long time. It's a good amount of time. Um, Or what? But I do, both my husband and I notice a difference when we eat gluten or not. I also don't know if that's in our head. I mean, uh, mine is physically not. Right. The sluggishness or like feeling bad, I feel like you could tell yourself that like it is or isn't. Right. It's like, um, I ate gluten. So you're kind of almost expecting yourself to feel bad. You know? Yeah. If I like noticed I was bloated or something, Mm -hmm. would I be bloated because of the chickpeas or something like that versus the pita? But I'm assuming it's the pita, you know? Totally. You're like, there's fiber in the chickpeas too that could be. For sure, hummus. There's those fructo oligosaccharides in there nice word thanks i'm really really smart those are our favorite things that um are prebiotics that are the good food for hummus counts as that yeah that's awesome it has fiber in it that's awesome yeah um yeah so i mean like i think it could be either things where it's like it, it could be in our mind or i mean i never feel bad though like i don't feel like pain Or anything like that. But I think that this is a great example of you did it for a medical reason. I just have omitted it because of happenstance, you know, like just who my friends are and where my life is. Yeah. And and L.A. is probably a way different than the rest of the U.S. Totally. Um, But I think that this is a good example of how like my I, I was completely fine. And then because I kind of started omitting it, like not knowing I was omitting it and then reintroducing, it's actually like been worse for me. Right. You know? Which is so weird. And there's like no answers for that. No, I think it just is a sign that like my body was fine and I didn't need to like. So I think it's an example of how not everyone needs to go on a gluten free diet. It's not the root issue of everything. Um, that that could be something else that's causing you to have an effect. But also, like, for the people that are just doing it for weight loss, this I feel like it's an example of how you could be actually damaging your body to become sensitive to something because you're omitting it mm-hmm. for no reason. You know, like, I'm a vegetarian, but I'm a vegetarian because I wasn't being conscious as to where I was getting my protein. Right. And so I chose to omit meat. And but then I'm, now you can't eat it. And anymore. now I can't eat it. So it's the same thing where it's like you're kind of choosing to omit this. So you're causing your body to no longer be able to be accustomed Which to it. Which is so weird our bodies do that. Right? Yeah. But also kind of awesome and cool that our bodies are like, well, I'm okay, just going well, cool. to adapt to like what you're feeding me. Right. So if you go gluten free, just know there might be consequences. Like mm-hmm. you might Whenever not be able to enjoy it again. Exactly. And. 
there's also issues that like if you do go gluten-free, there are a lot of deficiencies that are seen with gluten-free diets, especially with iron Mm -hmm. and calcium and fiber. um, And those are really big ones. I think that's a lot because people just rely on gluten-free processed foods. Um, So if you're eating like a plant-based diet with Mm -hmm. a good amount of like red meat, you're going to be okay. But yeah. Most people don't do that. It's the same as like people who go to a vegetarian diet because they want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And then what's the first thing that they usually eat on a vegetarian diet? Cheese. Pasta. <laughs> I'm all cheese. That's what I would eat. I mean, it is though. Like if you go anywhere, so especially, so my sister got married in 2007 and I had um, just, become, just a- become a vegetarian at that point um, or like... Yeah, because I was 21. And so I just became a vegetarian. And um, my, like, they had it catered at the place, at the vineyard that they work or own. And um, the only option was a veggie pasta, like a veggie lasagna. And that was just kind of, like, typical, though. Like, any restaurant you went to, the veg- like, the vegetarian option was a pasta. Right. And so that's all people knew was, like, you just go to breads. And then it's like, okay, so is it the bread that's making you gain weight or be bloated? Or is it the fact that like... All you're eating is bread. All you're eating is that. <laughs> yeah. I think gluten has gotten a very bad rap mm-hmm. um, for maybe not being the culprit in all situations. Yeah, I would agree. There's something called... I was talking to Amanda about this. So Aaron and I, Aaron's my husband, have been talking a lot about whether or not And we're not going to dive too deep into this today because there's so many rabbit trails to go on. Yes. Whether or not gluten is what we're all sensitive to or whether it's the things that accompany gluten. First off, cutting gluten out is actually cutting a ton of sugar out usually. Yeah. Because usually those processed foods with gluten in them have a lot of refined sugar attached to it. So that's a a starter. That would make sense to me why people might lose weight Um, in the beginning if you're... Not eating as much refined sugar. Um, but there is something called, hold on, let me pull it up. Amylase trypsin inhibitor. Yes, that's it. Amylase trypsin inhibitor, which um, is not gluten. No. But it's usually comes with gluten mm-hmm. in these wheat products. Um, and there is a lot of speculation of whether or not that is actually what people that have this so-called under the umbrella of gluten sensitivity are sensitive to, um, because it causes your immune system, immune system, immune system, immune system to have an inflammatory response. So pause right here for a Mm -hmm. second. I do think that it's important for us to talk about celiac disease versus gluten sensitivity as we're talking about this. Right. So celiac disease, whenever we're talking about that and we talk about an autoimmune disorder, mm-hmm. what that means is that your body, so gluten, you eat gluten um, and it comes into your bloodstream um, once it's like digested and absorbed. Your body views it as a toxin and it views it as a foreign matter. So then it sends out the white blood cells, it sends out an a, a, automatic immune response and so that causes inflammation it causes your body to kind of go in disarray and attack it um and so then it's attacking itself almost whenever that happens and so that's the difference between autoimmune disorder celiac disease 
and then gluten sensitivity. Gluten sensitivity is just that your body like has trouble kind of breaking it down. Right. And the we're going to call them ATIs yeah. for short. The ATIs, um, they like stimulate immune cells mm-hmm. um, and they, they supposedly cause an inflammatory response in the GI tract. And it doesn't matter. That is like completely separate from gluten mm-hmm. and it would happen in any person. Yeah. And that's so that could be part of it because it's inflammation. So yeah, a lot of things that are popular right now is like an anti-inflammatory diet. And yes. any of those you'll see cut out any gluten mm-hmm. because it's attached to that. Um, so it's not the gluten. It's the ATI that's actually exactly. causing the inflammatory response. Right. Which um, you would say like. I have inflammation in my gut, which is a lot of people self-diagnose that. Yeah. I mean, I would self-diagnose that, which is why I drink bone broth because yeah. it helps with like leaky gut and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but the ATIs are actually with that inflammation can be triggering like these autoimmune diseases or these mm-hmm. autoimmune responses. So like you said, schizophrenia was one of them, which mm-hmm. was amazing to me because yeah. like, wondering what that looks like putting schizophrenics on gluten-free diets and seeing what the difference is. I'm sure there's amazing studies on that. I'm sure I I didn't even look into it. I mean, that was first talked about in the 1970s. So, I mean, I would hope, but it's the same Mm -hmm. as like autism where there's been studies done, but then it's basically like what kind of people are doing the studies. Exactly. And like, what's their bias? Yeah. Um, but stuff like rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. autoimmune liver disease, Crohn's, like you mm-hmm. said, all of those can be triggered by this like inflammation. Yeah. Um, and that might not be the gluten. It might be the yeah. ATIs. It's the same as like, so um, I have a client that I'm working with right now and mm-hmm. she has ulcerative colitis and mm-hmm. yeah, we put her on a gluten-free diet, but we mainly put her on like a low FODMAP diet. And that's the anything that can be fermented, like the fructooligosaccharides, prebiotics, like things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much the gluten. It's the other parts of a uh, food that can also cause your body to have that like bloating, um, gassy, kind of crampy feeling. And it's not mm-hmm. just the gluten. So it's a, just another example of where it's like there's so many parts to a food that I think gluten just gets the... Right, and gluten doesn't necessarily... Brunt. Like, it doesn't have to have the ATIs with it, yeah. but that just usually comes hand in hand. So they uh-huh. saw, like, um, with they put celiac next to someone with, like, non-celiac mm-hmm. gluten sensitivity, and they actually had different um, inflammation, a different type of inflammation. So, um, but, like, they ranged from digestive issues, headaches, joint pain, rashes... Um, and gluten-free diets tend to help these. So a lot of mm-hmm. people think like I'm gluten sensitive because I feel better when I don't eat gluten. Yeah. But really what you're feeling better that you're not eating is these ATIs. Um, which my only advice to that is like probably keep eating gluten-free you because they come hand in hand. I mean, it's like, it's still like a wheat, wheat, rye, spelt. Exactly. Product, you know? Exactly. And... I mean, like Amanda said, with that study with that doctor that was a Dr. Ford that I think it was Dr. Ford. I don't know. That thought that it was maybe 50 percent of the oh, population. It's a, not Ford, but it's um, it starts with an F It's like Finos or something. Yeah, like that. it would make sense to me because mm-hmm. if that is what's going on, that's yeah. connected with that. 
And that could be causing people are having this inflammatory response to this thing attached to gluten. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was super interesting. And a lot of the things that you're going to hear in the natural world or the things you're going to see on Pinterest or your Facebook feed or anywhere floating around is I cut gluten because of inflammation, which is the main thing is your gut and inflammation. Mm -hmm. My argument as a dietitian to that would be if you're not having any sort of gluten responses. So Mm -hmm. what we talked about, bloating, cramping, gas, diarrhea, constipation, nausea. If you have brain fog, if you don't have any of those things Mm -hmm. and you're cutting gluten, um, then I don't think that that's the issue for inflammation. I think that you should look at your diet and be like, are you getting nine to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables? Like, right. what does your diet look like? Are you eating a ton of processed foods? Are you drinking bone Are you drinking bone <laughs> Are you drinking alcohol? Like, are you doing things that cause inflammation right. on your body and not doing anything to prevent it? Right. So, like, you cutting gluten isn't probably going to be, the like, the resolving mm-hmm. thing. You cutting processed foods, might It totally would be. Mm-hmm. Or bumping up, like, eating the rainbow, getting mm-hmm. your 9 to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables. That would probably... It, or, like, for sure, adding bone broth would, like, be a much better solution if you're not experiencing any Pain. of the, like, right. gluten symptoms. Right. You know? Um, another thing that people think is gluten but is not would be, like, the wheat germ agglutinin. Is that right? A-G-G-L-U-T-I-N-I-N. It's a hard one. You said so many letters. Agglutinin. Let me see Um it. Bloop, bloop, bloop. A glutenin. Um, it's not gluten, but it's also another immune disrupting protein found in wheat. Um, it's not the same thing as gluten, but it disturbs the natural immune barrier in the gut, making the gut more permeable. Which is what we don't want. That's right. leaky gut and dysbiosis. Exactly. And it's not gluten, but mm-hmm. it's attached with gluten. Yeah. At least our gluten. Um, that which then leads to increased vulnerability of non-celiac autoimmune diseases, like what we talked about. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that damage to the gut bio. Yeah. Um, that people would be wanting to cut gluten for these reasons. Um, and I can see the purposes of it. I mean, so many anecdotal things like for me with infertility yeah. is like I cut gluten and three months later I was pregnant. Who knows? But it's a it's a theory out there. And yeah. I can I mean, see the benefits to a degree. Yeah. Let's talk about just like your personal experience with going gluten free. Sure. So I've talked about this a lot on the mm-hmm. podcast, but um, in November I decided to cut gluten and I cut a lot of alcohol out. Yeah. Um, a lot of sugar out, which sugar is the hardest one because it's, it's in everything. everything. Um, and then I stayed gluten free so long. When did I, when did I go not gluten free? It was after I got back from Phoenix one trip and um, I was like, I just want a burrito. So it was, yeah. We were doing the podcast. It was like a few months ago. And I was like, I'm getting a bean burrito. Yes, I don't remember. (laughs) And you definitely said it wasn't worth it. No, I did not feel good after I ate it. 
Um, but again, you're thinking you also got uh, like, a bunch of beans and cheese. Yeah. And fat. And fat. And just sodium. Fried. Lots of things. Yes. <laughs> um, I enjoyed being gluten-free. And after I went gluten-free, the initial like terror of what it looks like to be gluten to be gluten free um, was not as bad as I thought. And I did feel personally like it made me eat better because I chose things that were not as fast. Mm -hmm. So I was cooking and to be fair, I did make a lot of like quinoa or lentils before then. Um, So I was used to having that be kind of like a, a, like, like pasta or right. things like that weren't your normal base for a starch or I would say we would eat pasta, but now there's so many awesome alternatives. Yeah. So um, like the red lentil pasta is awesome. There's a yes, lentil we pasta. Eat it all the time. A green lentil pasta at Costco. That's great. There's a yellow lentil uh, spaghetti one. At, from Trader Joe's. From Trader Joe's. What? It's good. It actually has texture of spaghetti. And you get so much protein from that. Yeah. Which is awesome for me as a mom, too. Oh, yeah. Um, You'd so, much rather feed your child, like, a protein-rich pasta... Than just a Than just a, a, a normal pasta. Like wheat. Yeah. yeah. So, it actually wasn't that hard. And I did feel better. Initially, I felt way better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... When I added it back in, I do feel like I don't feel as good when I eat gluten. Mm-hmm. Like I notice a difference. Yeah. Whether or not that's in my mind. I think I read a study. I was trying to look it up while we were talking just now and I can't find it. Um, where there was something like 36 people involved in the study. All of them claimed they had gluten sensitivity. And then through this study, it ended up being only 12 of the 36 actually had it. But all 36 were like convinced they had it, which is so funny and interesting to me. Well, I feel like it's um, it's an easy thing to just like say that you have it and then cut gluten. And mm-hmm. so say you're not feeling good or you're having like a symptom mm-hmm. that's associated with gluten and you go well, gluten free and you're like, I you've convinced yourself that you feel better. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's like. Something else could be going on, but you just have convinced yourself right. that you feel better. Right. And I do think if you are really serious about being gluten free, mm-hmm. which I was, I said I would say like when I would go to dinner, I would say I don't want cross contamination. I yeah. completely cut it out. Yeah. Um I Which by the way, you were also doing it under the like guise of a doctor telling you that you needed to do this well like a naturopath yeah but like still a doctor like someone monitoring and educating you on like what you needed to do for you exactly well and i think and i was doing like a functional medicine book yeah and and so i think that that's like a big thing that we should talk to like people about it's like don't just do it on your don't just do it on your own like that's whenever issues come up or you're missing something and you're not like mm-hmm. going to find out what's really going on. Like you were with the naturopath, you were reading this functional medicine book. You were you were always being seen by a doctor. Yeah. You were always talking about what you were doing. Right. So a doctor always knew what was going on to be monitoring mm-hmm. you. And my blood tests have been like impeccable. Yeah. I don't know. What's confusing is that I did. I've talked about this before, but I had a bad blood test come back two years ago. But I actually don't have that test. So mm-hmm. I actually don't know if that was real. 
Yeah. Or if it was just said. I don't know why they'd make it up, but it's frustrating. I don't have proof yeah. of it. And no doctor since then can find it, figure out why. But I mean, I have great blood tests now. So I do kind of attribute that to probably cutting out gluten or at least what came with cutting gluten, which was eating better. Yeah. So you cleaned up your diet like a lot. Tons. Yeah. Not that your diet was bad prior to, but it just it, got cleaner. It got way. I hate the like word cleaner, but it definitely like got more thoughtful. Exactly. You know, like I'm much more. I look at the ingredients and everything. Yeah. I do still try to eat gluten free when I go out. Mm-hmm. Um, but now in L.A., which LA is, is so different easy. than the rest of the country, but it's so easy to eat gluten free. And a lot mm-hmm. of those options are like a lot more plant-based. Yeah. So I feel like I'm just getting like a more nutrient rich meal when I eat gluten-free. I have been like, I mean, I posted the other day on my own personal account that I, I worked out now I'm going to eat a burrito because I want a burrito. Um, but I've been avoiding it for the most part. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not anti, I'm really going to try to be 80, 20 with gluten forever. I, it uh, like unintentionally, I guess, became low gluten. Right. And I'm kind of upset at myself about <laughs> it because I was un- like unaffected right. prior to. And now you feel and like now you I feel like I'm being affected because I cut it out. Yep. Um, and I think that that's a, a big thing for people to be like, don't just do it to do it because yeah. you're altering your body. Yep. And re-adding it in, I think people just think like, oh, I'll just start eating how I did. You can't do that either. No. It's got to be like one thing exactly. for a week and then see how it goes. And yeah. then another thing. Exactly. Um, it's like you're doing an elimination diet at that point. Well, you eliminated something. Yeah. So you have to be easy on your body. It's just crazy. I don't think people realize how intense cutting a full food group out is. Exactly. Because they don't ever take into consideration that like whenever you cut that, you have to replace those nutrients somehow. Right. Which is why so many people are deficient in things that they would be getting from gluten products. Right. You know? Like you probably could become a meat eater again, but it would probably yeah. take you like a solid year. Oh, for sure it would. Which is crazy. And people, I think, maybe would cut gluten or something like that. Yeah. And then just assume they can just become a gluten eater again. And you can't. And you can't. Because then you can't you'll just feel be a like gluten eater. You can't just be a gluten eater. And then you'll feel four months pregnant. And it's, it's true. Fine. Yeah. It, that's the weirdest thing to me is just the bloating, which I talked to you about a couple of weeks ago, too. Like, is it normal to bloat after eating something? No. So that, like, I think automatically a sign of something. Right. And so I think a lot of people just would go through life thinking that's normal. I would have. But now that we've started doing this podcast, I've started being more like mindful of the things that I put in my body. Me too. I've noticed like, wait, my body didn't like that. And it's usually gluten. Yeah. Again, when I decide to eat gluten, it's usually because I want to splurge on something. Like I haven't done it yet, but I've been like coveting a Cinnabon. (laughs) That's hilarious. Whether or not that's going to happen is debatable. I can probably guilt myself out of the Cinnabon. But do you listen to Louis C.K. ever? I loved Louis loved, C.K. Uh, I'm, I feel like I can't say I love Louis C.K. right now. You loved his previous stand-ups. Yeah. His Cinnabon thing is hilarious. Uh, I like vaguely remember him talking about it, but I don't remember. 
It's like him talking about how he's a disgusting, vile human that he got a Cinnabon like at the airport. Oh, that's where they get you at the airport. And then just talking about how he never feels full until he absolutely just like hates himself. Yeah, it's so good, though. Yeah. It's so freaking good. It's super funny. I have looked up gluten-free Cinnabon recipes and never made one. I should try it. We'll do it. Yeah. I have a very good cinnamon roll recipe that's a family recipe that we could do. We make them. They're my kryptonite. <sighs> They're so good. We make them every Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. And that's all Brady, my nephew, wanted for his birthday um, whenever we were home over like 4th of July time. Mm-hmm. Um, his birthday's at the end of June and we're like, Brady, what do you want for like your birthday? And he was like, I just want cinnamon rolls. Oh, yum. So we just made I a ruined mound of my them. whole family's Christmas because our like tradition was getting Cinnabons and we'd eat them Christmas morning. And I was like, I'm gluten free this year. <laughs> you became so LA in that moment I that did. where they like rolled their eyes so hard at you. I did. So I ate like, I don't even know what I ate. I think I ate like gluten free crackers and like <laughs> meat and cheese. He like became incredibly keto as you were doing it. You just like spread butter on a cracker and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) so sad. So sad and depressing. Um, Yeah, I think um, that gluten free is not the way to go. If you're thinking about if you're just wanting to lose weight. No, Um, you need to be looking at so many other things and this is where like working with mm-hmm. a professional mm-hmm. is incredibly right. important and i would actually like i don't know if you would like this but my recommendation if you're like really wanting to like do a drastic diet change would be going sugar free and not by and sh- by sugar free i don't mean like alternatives i mean like don't buy any food that has sugar added to it in any way and try that because to me that makes the bigger impact because really what you end up having to eat is regular food like yeah. fruit vegetables meat yes i mean i'm never a fan of drastic changes ever mm-hmm. but i would say that eliminating or cutting back on refined processed food sugar additional sugar like if you look at anything and it says this additional like added sugar, sugars um avoid it like that's just things that your your insulin is mm-hmm. going to be spiked uh and whenever we talked about like even acne like we talked mm-hmm. about how like it, it's an increase in insulin that causes mm-hmm. the oil production in your skin like anytime you're eating pure and that's sugar another thing like that, that people said happens. about gluten was like they break out when they eat gluten mm-hmm. and i was thinking it could be the sugar that's attached to that gluten you're eating it could be or it could be like especially if it's like gluten like products it's always going to be processed processed especially i mean any processed food i'm just gonna have it added sugar into it it makes sense to me yeah so i don't know i don't know if i where i fall on like advice i mean for you it's it's helped you feeling better i do feel like my healthiest um i didn't feel bad being gluten-free there was points when i was gluten-free like i just really want a great pizza here's a question how did you feel prior to going gluten free, like mm-hmm. health wise? And I know it's a while now, right. and like you've had a lot of stuff happening in that time. Yeah, you know, emotionally and things like that. But like, how did you feel? Physically? I remember saying to you, probably you, like, I don't feel different when I eat gluten. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a point to me cutting it. Yeah, because. 
I I mean, at the time, at least, I wasn't noticing things when yeah. I ate gluten versus when I just ate anything else. Yeah. Um, I did have, like, a marked difference of how I felt starting probably, like, early spring. Mm-hmm. In January is when I started being, like, really strict. I mm-hmm. did, like, the three months of, yeah. like, the super fertility, whatever. Which was no alcohol, no gluten, no sugar, no... I did think you do that dairy? was mainly it. I did eat dairy, okay. but you're not supposed to eat a ton of it. But I was like, meh, I'm going to ignore that. You're like, I'm caffeine. That was it. Caffeine. That's no right. caffeine, no alcohol, no gluten and no sugar. Yeah. And I did that for three months. And by the end of that, I felt really good, which is weird. I don't mean, I guess yeah. I felt great. Um, yeah. And I think now even like maybe i don't know if that like kick-started me i don't know what but i do feel my healthiest this year that i've felt in a long time yeah but in the moment i don't think i would have known that i didn't feel great until now that i feel really good yeah so i don't know i think that that's where it's like um so i also listen to dak shepherd's podcast mm-hmm. and he kind of talks about like health stuff just like c- occasionally mm-hmm. whatever and he was just talking about how whenever he eats sugar now like, he just feels horrible. Yeah. And it's kind of like, but did you feel like, it, it's always whether, in my head, it's like, is the is it the adapt- adaptation of you not being right. used to the sugar anymore that now it's making you feel bad because you're reintroducing it? Or is it because you actually didn't feel good prior to, right. but you didn't, like, I feel like right. there's just a lot of, like, questions I have. Mm-hmm. Well, I really want to do, do hate. Yeah, but. I really do want to do an episode on sugar. So I don't want to yeah. like dive too deep into that. But it I was will more say. just even like the gluten part where right. it's like, is it actually the gluten that's like affecting you? Or is it because you've eliminated it for long enough that mm-hmm. your body? I mean, but that could be the I don't know. It could be the answer. It could be. I don't I really don't know. I would say for me. I don't know if I don't think everyone's doing this because because of the articles and like the overwhelming amount of material there is to read about doctors being like, please stop going gluten free because you're eating so much crap because what people are doing is they're going gluten free and buying like gluten free TV dinners, basically. Yes. Um, Which is which is why the gluten free industry in 2013 is ten point five billion dollars. Exactly. But for me, because I was cutting other things at the same time and because I've been like so crazy about what's every ingredient that's in everything I eat, it made me more mindful. Yes. Um, So it was really helpful for me. But if you're not ready for that step, then probably don't cut gluten. I am with you on that where it's like, I don't think that um, as a dietitian and a health professional, I don't think that anyone needs Mm -hmm. to just cut gluten out an entire food group just because um and i think that you should just start examining your diet and seeing where small changes can happen and being more mindful yeah and i think the thing that's hard is because and i don't know the science behind this which is hard they say because gluten which now (laughs) penny's like please be done guys i want to see you um I don't even know that it's gluten, but the things associated with gluten, like those ATIs or that Mm -hmm. wheat, agglutin, 
Aglutinate. 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 You just got Agglutinin. so very. Agglutinin. Agglutinin. That was it. You just got so very like Southern, Southern in that moment. Aglutinate. <laughs> uh, causes bless her heart. Bless her heart. Bless your heart. God bless you. God bless um, you. Because that supposedly causes inflammation. So I was reading an article in preparation for this episode that was like, when you eat gluten, it's basically like giving your gut paper cuts. <laughs> uh, and with that then causes like all this crazy medical things to happen to you. Um, it's hard because what, where I was going with that is that they say, if you don't cut it for a full three months, if you have any contamination, then you're never going to know if you actually were gluten sensitive or not. And all these things that are so extreme and it's hard to know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if every time I'm eating something with gluten in it, because I'm getting those other things with it, I am causing an inflammatory response in my body and throwing myself off hormonally and my gut yeah. and all that stuff. It's scary because there's not a lot of science behind anything but there's a lot of fear there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of opinions behind it um which i mean this is my opinion but who 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 said the paper cut thing i don't remember remember? okay um whoever said that it's ridiculous (laughs) well not ridiculous but it's like i think because i am more a whole picture like kind of perspective dietitian Mm -hmm. i never am just like it's gluten like none of my patients like unless they have something will i say go gluten free right um in order for us to see if that's the issue right but um i feel like whenever you're like gluten is like cutting your intestine every time you eat it i'm like what Mm. about all the crap you're eating like that's what's cutting your intestines (laughs) like okay so they're not eating gluten but they're gonna eat a Five million gluten-free cookies. Like, right. that's not hurting their GI tract. Right. Um, and I don't know. I do also feel like so much of the literature, all of those pins you're pinning, all of that stuff is by people touting a different yeah. diet. It's not even always a gluten-free no. diet. Paleo, Whole30, all yeah. these things that are like, this is the diet of yeah. our ancestors. All of them hate gluten so much. Yes, they do. So, like, gluten is the devil to them. Whether but or not if gluten you is the think devil. about it, though, where it's like, is it the gluten or is it the like most of the time, as we talked about before, gluten is a protein in like breads, mm-hmm. in processed foods. Mm-hmm. So it's more like, is it that or is it the fact that it's a bread that's made with a crap ton of sugar and a bread that's made with a crap ton of butter? like, Or that it has Roundup all over it. Or it has Roundup on it. Like, who knows? Yep. It's like, I think that people are just quick to jump on a train and L.A. is definitely quick to do that. We're the that. train town. We're the train that's like, oh, you, oh, you want me to jump on that? I'll be there. Anything that's going to keep me skinny and tan. Skinny, I will tan, and healthy looking 25. That's exactly. it. Um, <laughs> whenever we were in Vegas this weekend, we were mm-hmm. watching TV. And this like uh, guy who was a doctor, but I can't remember what the ad was for. <laughs> but both Kyle and I were like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? And he looked like he was trying to look like Wayne Newton. Great. And so I was like, no, 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 no. why? <laughs> I'm just realizing that I, because my mouth's been on this mic, that I probably have red lipstick just all over my face. Um, you don't. Okay. Thank you. You don't. 
Um, you have tuberculosis all over your I mouth, have but you don't have lipstick all Why over your mouth. Why can I not say tuberculosis? Tuberculosis. It's because your heart really doesn't want you to have it, <laughs> so it's like you don't know that I don't word. Have tuberculosis. If I have tuberculosis. You if you don't have the vocabulary for it, you don't have it in your head, in oh, your body. It's, it's fine. so annoying. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know the answer because I did feel so much better. I think that um, as a dietitian, I would recommend that if you are interested in going gluten-free or you've had any um, of the signs or symptoms of needing to go gluten-free, meet with a dietitian, um, meet with someone or a, a health doctor, professional yeah. doctor that's like at least like involved in functional medicine that like will be open to you doing it yeah. so that you are being um, monitored and educated on how to do this properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make sure that you're getting all that iron, the calcium, the fiber, like fiber especially is like so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't want to be constipated and that's one of your issues and you start eliminating fiber, you're for sure going to continue to be constipated. Yep. So, um, find someone to work with and talk to you yeah. about it. But something that was interesting to me is like, I feel like I have a decent amount of people in my life that I know that would say they have IBS. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, wonder if you should cut gluten. Like, I mean, my, that's actually linked. There's a lot of things. Actually, my um, the client that I have right now that we're doing the low FODMAP, like the big thing that I'm ready for her to try is actually CBD oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To help to with stress and I'm, to help like, giving my dog calm hemp down oil, here. not CBD hemp. Your dog? Yeah. For anxiety. I mean, this is not as much for anxiety, but it's for like the <laughs> flare up of the like ulcerative colitis. Or, I mean, like, there's so many things coming up about that. Yeah. But. Which I think we might be doing a whole episode on CBD at some point. So yeah. get excited, guys. Get excited. 420. Um, yeah. So I don't hate gluten. I'm pissed at myself for eliminating it. And, and now, now you feel I feel like I, it affects me. <sighs> I don't know. I just want to go to a European country and eat all the bread. You just want to move to Europe for so many reasons. Yeah. And I've actually never been there. What? I know. I've been to a couple Asian countries, but no Europe. Guys, this is perfect time. Leave a comment or um, subscribe to our podcast so that one day maybe we can go do a show in Europe. In Europe. <laughs> actually, we were looking at our listeners. Maybe you're listening now. And I, I think it was the Netherlands is like one of our top countries listening to this. Hi, guys. Your doctors did so much for celiac disease. For sure. So, and gluten. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And subscribe <laughs> to our podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have anything le- else on gluten? I don't think I do. I feel after doing... I mean, I've always felt... My go-to before having fertility problems was seriously... I don't care if I'm allergic to gluten. I don't want to know. Yeah. I, that's how I felt about everything was like, I don't ever want to do an allergy test because I don't want anything to tell me that I'm allergic to something I love. Yeah. Which probably means I wasn't feeling that sick or I would You weren't feeling it. that bad. Exactly. Because of the fact that you're like, I don't want to know because my life is fine right now. Right. But then you after know? cutting it and starting to eat a better diet, I feel much better. So I don't know what the answer is for you. I think it's smart to seek out professional advice, especially, honestly, I would go to a dietitian first over everything else because I think doctors are, like we've said in the past, oftentimes trying to like 
bandaid over a problem yeah. versus like going to food. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's the end of my, my thoughts on it. I don't know. I don't know. Gluten is such an enigma. It is. Um, no, but for sure, go to a dietitian, talk to them. Yeah. And I hope if you're eating gluten, you're going out for a nice Philly cheesesteak sandwich after this episode's being listened to. I like to. that you chose Philly cheesesteak. I would choose pizza every day. I like both. I'm not a meat eater, so that's probably why. I've never had a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, it's so good. It's real good. There's a great spot in Burbank, actually, which is weird. Because it's definitely yeah, I mean, not Philadelphia. The first time you think of Burbank, you think that's the best place for a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> not the best, but a great spot. It's a great spot for chili. I might have to go get that for dinner right now. We've talked about it. That's what I'm so doing much. this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm about to go. Uh, I got a text while we were talking of Kyle. Um, being super sweet, showing me that um, he was feeding Ellis and says dinner and a show, and it's Ellis eating in front of the television, watching the Emmys. Yes, <laughs> or no? That I think that's Tom Segura. Oh, good. Um, no, but for me as a dietitian, I'm like, um, you're promoting his mindless eating by putting him in front of a television and he's eating no. just in front. And so I'm really trying to fight my like dietitian self, but I'm also like, hey, let's not do this. Fight your dietitian self. He's definitely not watching Tom Segura. No, I don't care about the Tom Segura. I care about Ellis eating in front of a screen. Okay. Um, he usually always is in the dining room with no television on music will be on, but that's mm. it. Um, yeah. just because I don't want to promote him just being distracted and eating. Yeah. Even at one and a half, I'm really trying not to control it, but I'm also like, when do, do things settle in that you feel like that's what you have to do? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I just don't want him to feel like he has to do that. That makes sense. You know? Yep. But also, let him okay. be a kid. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. okay. There's so many hard things as a dietitian to not project onto, onto your child. It's true. Uh, this whole weekend, everyone was like, can he have this? Because they know, like, first, Logan's dad, uh, he made this comment. I was sitting there, and um, he said something like, well, we know Kyle eats, but you probably don't want this because you don't eat anything because you're so thin. And I was uh. like... Au contraire. I eat a lot. What do you have to offer? Exactly. <laughs> I love food. I love food. What is this? Um, but I'm I'm really trying hard. And so anytime someone was like, do you want this, Ellis? I was like, that's fine. He doesn't yeah. eat like this at home. So have whatever mm-hmm. you want. I have like my few things that I'm like a stickler about. Mm-hmm. Like food dye. But besides that, <laughs> I try to be open-handed. Yeah. I just let him be a kid in those moments that he's not like, I think that I listened to this podcast where it was a child psychologist talking Mm -hmm. about how like grandparents specifically, it allows them to like bond with their child to like do with their grandchild, like that they don't normally do. And then they have a common enemy, which is the parent Mm. where it's like, that's where their bond is where it's like, your mom doesn't let you do this. So I hate that. So that's like, but I, I allow it where like my mom or my sisters were like, I gave Ellis a cinnamon roll and I was like, that's fine. Like, yeah, that allowed you guys to have a moment of being like, okay, cool. Like you don't have to keep it from me, 
but like we're not going to do that at home. Right, but, but that's something special here, you have, yeah, like a special, a special treat that treat. you get when yeah. you're with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's like allowing them. So I'm not going to put my rules or expectations on somebody onto else. someone else for Ellis, except for Kyle. Yeah, well, because we're in this together, and he's <laughs> accepted my rules, and this is what's happening. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> I will say when <sighs> I leave Aaron with Dietrich, usually stuff does not happen the same way as when nothing I'm there. happens the same way that like happens. But like that's their special time. They're like. Dietrich calls it his dude nights. I know. That's why I tried to like let it go, which I'm not going to like Kyle's not going to listen to this, but I'm not going to like say anything. Hopefully. Yeah. You've talked yourself out of it. Here we go. (laughs) Guys, this is our therapy. This is my therapy. Thank you for letting me talk it out. You helped her. I'm working my control issues out, but I will still have a lot of control over the fact like don't go gluten free just to lose weight. That's my last statement Mm -hmm. for this episode is if you're just wanting to lose weight don't just go gluten-free just be more mindful be mindful look at your diet see where you can make small changes eat more fruits and vegetables because you're probably not eating enough Mm -hmm. exactly all right let's put a period on this episode yeah penny's real done so she is bye bye